it seems with every passing week, so much happens that you almost can't stay on top of anything. As John Ziegler puts it, under Donald Trump, one day worth of news is like a month of what used to be news. It changes with the wind. So we had firings, we had walkouts, we had a lot of stuff go down and more. All of it is coming up right now on this program. This is Fritz Cast, and it is Friday, March 16th, 2018. How are y'all doing today? I have had uh, one of the busiest weeks of my life uh, this past week, and I did it to myself, and I know I do this to myself, and I need to... This is plowing through credit card debt. I'm never going to pay it back anyway. Because I have $30,000 in credit card debt. When they call, I tell them I can't pay it back yet. Credit card debt. Yes, thank you, Family Guide. Uh, yes, uh, just you know, paying off credit card debt and all that. And once the credit card debt is gone, I don't care about the mortgage. I don't care about the car payments, you know. And the student loans. <laughs> oh, student loans is going to kill me one day. <laughs> but then I'll be dead and the joke is on them. Uh, yeah, so I took three overtimes. And it was my mistake to take them back to back. Killed me, turned me into a zombie, and I, um, I'll never do it again. I'll never do it again. Except, you know, for maybe about two weeks from now or whatever. Next week, next week I'm going to be on, um, I'm going to be on training. I'm going to train a class for a week. That, that'll be, uh, that'll be a thing. (laughs) I used to call that, I used to call that a fresh change of pace if you followed along with the program and, Listen to every episode, bless your soul. Um, I, I like doing the field training bit for uh, for my profession, corrections. Yeah, I work for the Department of Corrections. Here's a libertarian who works in the prison system. Go go figure. What, what the hell? But I like the training aspects because I can train people in the way that I think is sensible and the right way and the way that things should be done. And uh, ever since they gave me the training program for the facility, uh, I would like to you know think that things have gone a tad better than they used to be, where it used to just be thrown to the wolves. Hi, here, here's the job, figure it out. Which is kind of dumb. It's kind of dumb to do things that way, especially when you're talking about an organization that's supposed to be professional, upstanding. You know, that's what I guess the government's supposed to be. It never is, but, you know, it is what it is. So the flooring project in my house that me and my wife were doing um, made little progress over the past couple of weeks, as you can imagine, uh, with me being on... 16-hour shifts and all that, a, a little redonkulous. Um, while it hasn't uh, been going as smoothly, as smoothly or as swimmingly as I'd like it or as we'd like it to go, um, you know, that, that happens, um, and we just kind of, we kind of roll with what we can roll with. We did get partial subflooring out and new subflooring in, and it is, you know, it is level. So <laughs> that's all we were looking for. <laughs> this is our first time doing this. So we were ripping out these old plywood boards, which shouldn't be ripping out the way they are ripping out, which tells me that, uh, 
I'm glad we're redoing the subflooring in our house and the flooring because if it was bad in the first place, we're now we're just adding value to the house. It's just basic economics, dummies. Um, so we got these we got these new boards put down. I'd say a third of the room is done. It's a bedroom. A third of the bedroom is now done, and we just have to finish the two-thirds of it. And with this 8-4 to switch-up where I'll have some evenings off, me and my wife are going to tackle that and hopefully finish it out within the end of the week. And it'll be nice to have fresh flooring down. like nice. Fo- well, first it'll be nice not to have gaping holes that are looking into my crawl space. That, that would be excellent because walking into a bedroom looking down and seeing gravel uh, through <laughs> through the, uh, you know, boards and all that. That's crazy. That's that's a shocker. That's shocking. And to think people live in countries with no floor where that is their floor, the dirt. That's a little shocking, but it'll be nice to get the rest of the subflooring down so that it'll be covered up solid and there won't be any gaping holes in the floor. And then just to buy the new slots of uh, the, the laminate flooring that we want to get It'll be nice to lay that down and see that room different and actually have the floor down. Because once we have that picture in our minds, once we have that visual in our minds, doing the other rooms is going to be a breeze. Really going to be a breeze. This was our first time doing it ever. So we didn't know what to expect. And we you know, thoroughly researched. We asked her uncle, who is a contractor. Um, and we've asked other family members who have worked on similar type of projects. So we got all the information that we needed. It's just that when you're doing it on your own, you, you know, it's do or die in your house. You don't want to screw it up <laughs> because, you know, you're going to you, – for us, we're going to sell this down the line. We don't want somebody to come through and be like, hey, what idiot did the subflooring here because it's all sorts of wrong. Um, we're hoping that we've added value to the house. We probably didn't. We probably seriously, sincerely devalued our house, whatever. <sighs> Either way, we're we're in it now. We're we 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 done gone did it now. So we're gonna do the rest of the house probably over the course of the next two months. And hopefully that's as long as it takes. Hopefully that's as long as it takes and it comes out well and we're happy with it, because that's just we want to get rid of this carpeting. And so we're gonna put our shoulder to the wheel, as the Mormons would say, and uh push along. Alright? So today, it's actually almost 2.30 in the afternoon. I usually record the show much earlier than now. It's actually it's actually usually posted and has, you know, quite a bit of listens at this point in the day. But I had to go take my wife's car into uh, Kia to get some recalls worked on. So that sucked up about two hours of time. So I sat down plotting out what I was going to talk about in this podcast episode. I got my notes right over here can't see them because this is an audio show so if you if you can see them you might want to go see a doctor or you might be a soothsayer and or visionary person i don't know but so i drew up my notes there and then one, one of the things and this this harkens back to a uh fritz cast blog post that you can find on fritzcast.wordpress.com uh, in which I talked about the Nintendo Switch. One of the things that, like, going and sitting, at, at waiting for a car to get worked up on for two hours is a little redonkulous. It's a little ludicrous. 
But, uh, you know, my mom is out visiting my sister in Arizona. I didn't have anybody to, to call upon to, to pick me up, and I didn't want to use their, their to-and-from service. I really didn't. My house is 15 minutes away, give or take. I could have stuffed my bike in the back of her car, biked back home, biked back there. Um, but r- regardless, uh, I decided to sit there. And thanks to things like the Nintendo Switch, you know, a game console that you can play at home, but you can also slap controllers on the side of it and take it on the go as a tablet. It's not huge, it's not bulky, it's not in the way. And you can play full-fledged video games while you're sitting away, and that's what I did. I, I sat and I played full-fledged video games. But if you want my thoughts and my review of the Nintendo Switch so far, just go to fritzcast.wordpress.com and read the blog. I'm not going to waste audio time doing that. But it, it was just nice to, it was just nice to have something there to use like that, and preoccupy my time because it was the fastest two hours of my life. Really, it was. It, waiting was not burdensome today. Now, as I said in the intro, there was a there was a cavalcade of uh, topics that happened over the past week. One of which that comes to mind immediately, that sticks out immediately in my head, is of course. What was the, I guess you could call it, nationwide school walkout um, that happened, I believe it was Wednesday, when it was supposed to take place. A 17-minute walkout in honor of the 17 victims of the Parkland High School shooting, a never-again movement uh, to end violence in high schools. Well, not just high schools, schools in general. An activist movement, if you will, of uh, all these people, high schoolers, all these high schoolers, and in fact, uh, in fact, middle school and elementary schools were taking place in this as well, and it was nationwide coverage all abound. And you know, you know, let's. I want to take a step back, real quick, and just analyze something from here. Students participating in in walkouts and protests and all that. Uh, when I was in school, there wasn't much going on that was being protested. However. I do remember in the 2000s, I don't remember the exact year, and I don't remember the exact time frame, but I, it, was, it was preceding, I believe, the Iraq War. I know that my school, because it was, you know, Cab Calway School of the Arts, it was a liberal, um, progressive, more, more so leaning uh, base of students, a very vocalized base of students uh, when it came to politics and all that. I recall them partaking in some kind of demonstration to protest the Iraq war. And I remember that was going on. And and at the time, at the time, if you've read my political evolution up till now, at that time, I was a politics guy, yes. And I was also a little bit of a George W. Bush fanatic, which... I've ex- which I've explained time and again. I've gone back and I've an- analyzed my wrongness of my former political views and beliefs and how they've evolved. But I remember at that time I was like, you know what, uh, Saddam Hussein, bad guy, but really bad guy, really, really bad dictator, definitely tortures people, definitely kills lots of people. Eh, let's go after him. Why not? Everybody had spun it at the war. Uh, everybody had spun it as the war on oil and all that. That's exactly what every kid in there. But Bush and the oil hungry. That that's that's what it was. Oil, 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 oil. Give me all the oil. Give me all your oil. But outside of that, I don't remember that much political demonstration, striking, advancement, uh, uh, 
protesting activism. Don't really remember any of that on a grand scale of the school. Now, uh, th- what happened over this this past week with all the kids doing it? And here's the thing. All right, you know what? Kids want to stand up, express their views of the situation. That's that's perfectly fine. That's everybody. That's every God given person's right to speak your mind. It's First Amendment. It falls right under there. Um, the fact that the schools encouraged it. Not technically a problem in my book, um, per se. There's a difference between encouraging it and organizing it, though, and carrying it out and conducting it. And there was some disturbing stories that popped out from it. I mean, you know, yes, you have the right to go out there and protest and get your message out. Cool. I saw a lot of signs that made no no freaking sense. All right. There is a narrative that's pushed that, that is just blatant false lies and slander. When it comes to this gun debate that's going on right now. Anybody that holds up an, a sign that says the NRA are terrorists and they have blood on their hands, for example. I mean, you have how many millions of M- NRA members who are who are literally just Joe Blow Americans. It's your next door neighbor. All right. And I don't think that your next door neighbor really wants all the children in the world dead. I really don't. And I don't think a good majority of the people in the NRA, and by good majority, I mean like all of them, don't want school kids getting shot up. I really don't. And I think plastering it on on posters and billboards and trying to skew it that way and trying to slander somebody like Dana Lash, for example, as a somebody who supports child murder and, and, and doesn't care about all the blood that's on their hands. They don't have blood on their hands. They don't have blood on their hands. They didn't carry out an attack against your children. I think that's a little extreme a narrative. All right, and when we talk about lobbying power, yes, the NRA is, yeah, it is a lobby. It can raise a lot of money, and it can be in the pockets of a lot of politicians. There's also Big Pharma that does it every single day, every single year. Big Pharma has big money, probably even more so, than the NRA does, and is in the pockets of politicians. And that being said to you people out there, I don't think every kid out there wanting or calling for gun control, I don't think every kid out there is an idiot that doesn't know what they're talking about either. I think they have the right to. I think they have the right to express their opinion. Everybody has the right to express their opinion. Then the debate boils down to who's right Who's wrong? And what exactly are we getting at? And is there a right way to go about it? Is there a wrong way to go about it? You know, that whole angle that seemingly gets ignored. All right? There was kids that wanted to, for example, it was the hashtag walkout on Twitter. There was some campaign going on about hashtag walk up. All right? And the walk up campaign said, instead of walking out of school to protest gun violence, maybe people should walk up and that actually, this was actually something that virally went and spread from a sixth grade teacher at Arcadia Middle School in Oak Hill, Virginia, Jody Katsestos. Probably saying the name wrong. All right, don't care. Um, who made up a poster that said "Walk Up, Not Out"? National School Walk Up Day. What can you do? Walk up to the kids that sit alone and ask them to join your group. Walk up to the kid who never has a voluntary partner and offer to be his or hers. Walk up to your teachers and thank them. Walk up to someone and just be 
Nice. Now, obviously that doesn't solve all the world's problems either, but it is something that needs to be addressed when everybody talks about the anti-bullying thing that is placed around schools, both statewide and nationally, the bullying, the anti-bullying culture and laws and trying to get people away from it. The, ro- the world is full of arseholes, all right? Uh, the world is full of arseholes. I've seen arseholes from left and right, up and down, black and white. Just as I believe that students having a walkout campaign to protest gun violence and possibly erode people's rights to bear arms. More on that later. Um, while, while I believe people have the right to that, and then that might be one thing, it's not going to solve everything, nor is walking up and, and just being nice to people going to solve everything either, because some people are just messed up in the head, and it's a sad, sad world that we live in. All right? Um, however, I think, it's, I think both are encouraging, and the fact that people participated in both is encouraging, because more people, at least now, are participating in the discussion, and the discussion is the important thing that needs to happen. Because without the discussion, wheels don't get rolling. Without the discussion, there is no learning. Without the discussion, there is no opportunity to learn and to crack in and figure out perspectives. Just for an example, one perspective that I feel like is severely not talked about in today's world, because we talk about the NRA being a big lobby, or rather the left does, people on the left side of the political spectrum, talk about the National Rifle Association, they have blood on their hands, they're a terrorist organization, they skew it to be the worst thing in the world. And that's what you do when you want to take something down. You, you, you sling as much mud on it as you can. Now, does that mean, the NR, does that mean I think the NRA is holy and untouchable? No. All right, I'm not an NRA member. I am not a dues-paying member of the NRA. And I have guns in my house. All right? I do. I own firearms. I'm in law enforcement. I'm sorry. So, yeah, the NRA has... A, there, there's a gun lobby, yes, but there's a big pharma lobby, right? And how often are we talking about mental illness is, is slowly being destigmatized, but there's still a huge stigma of mental health disease. Now, listen to this little clipping from Ben Swan on this. The the, the aspect that that is never, ever, ever talked about when a mass shooting happens. Let's start with a question. When it comes to the debate over mass shootings in America, why does the discussion always go toward tougher gun laws? And yet we're not talking about the role of antidepressants and other psychiatric medication. The truth The connection between mass shooters and these meds is stunning. Let's give it a reality check you won't get anywhere else. Reality Check with Ben Swan, powered by Dash Digital Cash. Well, the response to the mass shooting in Parkland, Florida, has been call after call for tougher gun laws. But it seems to ignore the issues, once again, surrounding antidepressants and psychiatric drugs. Now, without question, Nicholas Cruz, the 19-year-old man who killed 17 students and wounded more than a dozen that afternoon, February 14th, had for years exhibited signs of mental health problems. We talked about it in a reality check just a few episodes back. But here's what we know about Cruz. 
Cruz's adoptive father, Roger Cruz, died more than a decade ago. His adoptive mother, Linda Cruz, reportedly struggled with her son and his brother, Zachary, until her death in November of 2017. Barbara Kumbatovich, a former sister-in-law, told the Miami Herald that Linda Cruz did the best she could and that Nicholas and Zachary were adopted and had some emotional issues. Kumbatovich told the publication that she believed Nicholas was on medication to deal with those issues and that Linda was struggling with Nicholas the last couple of years. Now, in addition to Kumbatovich's statements, records also show that police were called to the Cruz residence as many as 45 times since 2008. That's according to BuzzFeed News. Between reports that Cruz had previously pulled a gun on his brother and mother and an anonymous FBI tip from January that Cruz had been suicidal but then decided, quote, he wants to kill people and that he was going to explode, all evidence is clearly indicating an unstable young man with numerous documented concerns from those who knew him. Now, we still don't know what, if any, medications Cruz was actually on, but we do know that the number of high-profile mass shootings over the last 30 years and the link to psychiatric medication is deeply concerning. In 1989, 47-year-old Joseph T. Westbecker shot 20 workers in a Louisville, Kentucky factory, killing nine people, just a month after he began taking Prozac. The drug maker Eli Lilly and Company later settled a lawsuit brought by survivors. Now, hopefully you, sat, hopefully you sat there and just listened to what Ben had to say there objectively. Because just painting a, painting a picture, all right, painting a picture here with data, a lot of the mass shootings is tied to people with severe mental illness. And on, just on a first-hand note experience working in a prison that is filled with people who are on mental health medications, I have watched people simply from missing their medication go from a completely mellowed-out individual into... At least verbally threatened, at least verbally threatening homicidal maniacs. I have. It's like night and day. It's like the drop of a hat. Yesterday, I could have had a conversation with somebody, perfectly civilized, just normal everyday business, and the next day I could come in and they could be talking about how they want to kill me, and how they want to kill anybody else, and how they want to act out and yell and scream and and you know everything. And it's in those cases where I look at that individual and I'm like, uh, I don't take things personally. I have thick skin. And some of it I realize is just that they're so far gone and their medication throws them out of whack or their lack of medication throws them out of whack or the balancing of their medication throws them off of whack. And what can you what can you do? The only thing you can do is react to what they're doing. That's about it. That's about it. The rest is on the mental health department to figure out, all right, what caused them to do this or did anything cause him to do this, and, or did he just act out because he wanted to? Big things. Big things and in a large discussion that still, to this day, remains heavily taboo, um, heavily not talked about, still carries a heavy stigma with it. And you can argue that some people just want stricter gun laws to make sure that people under those conditions can't get their hands on weapons. And, you know, that's not necessarily an invalid argument. In any case... I'm glad that political activism is becoming more acceptable. Sometimes it scares me. Sometimes the information I don't like. And sometimes the tactics used I don't like either. And that's where I'm going to leave that one off at. 
Now, uh, another breaking thing that happened this past week, actually twice over this past week, and it's not surprising with Donald Trump's administration anymore, nor himself anymore. I mean, if you've watched Donald Trump, you know that he loves this catchphrase. You're fired. 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 And he has canned not only Rex Tillerson this week, but uh, McManus as well. Here's his uh, clip on Tillerson. I've worked with Mike Pompeo now for quite some time. Tremendous energy, tremendous intellect. We're always on the same wavelength. Uh, the relationship has been very good, and uh, that's what I need as Secretary of State. I wish Rex Tillerson well. Gina, by the way, who I know very well, who I've worked very closely, will be the first woman director of the CIA. She's an outstanding person who also I have gotten to know very well. So I've gotten to know a lot of people very well over the last year. And I'm really at a point where we're getting very close to having the cabinet and other things that I want. But I think Mike Pompeo will be a truly great Secretary of State. I have total confidence in him. And as far as Rex Tillerson is concerned, I very much appreciate his commitment and his service, and I wish him well. He's a good man. Rex and I have been talking about this for a long time. Uh, we, we got along actually quite well, but we disagreed on things. When you look at uh, the Iran deal, I think it's terrible. I guess he it was okay. I wanted to either break it or do something, and he felt a little bit differently. So we were not really thinking the same. With Mike, Mike Pompeo, we have a, a very similar thought process. I think it's going to go very well. Rex is a very good man. I like Rex a lot. I really appreciate his commitment and his service. And I'll be speaking to Rex over a long period of time. And mind you, that clip comes saying that, you know, uh, I have so much respect for Rex Tillerson and, and yada, yada, yada. Allegedly, Rex found out he was being fired uh, by, uh, not by word of mouth from the Don himself, but he was tipped off that he should pay attention to Twitter over the weekend and allegedly figured out he was being fired from a tweet from Donald Trump. Real classy, man. Real classy. This also comes, by the way, on the edge, on the cusp of Rex Tillerson was just criticizing Russia for an alleged nerve agent attack that happened in the UK. That's right, in the UK. Now, if you don't know the details of this case, um, the UK's foreign minister, Boris Johnson, has said London would submit a sample of the Novichok nerve agent used in former Russian spies poisoning to the Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons, which is a UN body. This is a rare Soviet-made chemical weapon that was used against former Soviet spy Sergei Skripal and his daughter Yulia in the British town of Salisbury, which was specifically chosen to send a message to political dissenters, they allege, challenging Vladimir Putin. Uh, UK's Foreign Minister Boris Johnson's quoted saying, quote, there's a reason for choosing Novichek, and it 
In its blatant Russianness, the nerve agent sends a signal to all who may be thinking of dissent in the intensifying repression of Putin's Russia. The message is clear. We will find you, we will catch you, we will kill you. And though we will not deny it with lip-curling scorn, the world will know beyond doubt that Russia did it. British Prime Minister Theresa May had a statement of her own. She said this. Mr. Speaker, on Wednesday, we will consider in detail the response from the Russian state. Should there be no credible response, we will conclude that this action amounts to an unlawful use of force by the Russian state against the United Kingdom. And I will come back to this House and set out the full range of measures that we will take in response. Mr. Speaker, this attempted murder using a weapons-grade nerve agent in a British town was not just a crime against the Skripals. It was an indiscriminate and reckless act against the United Kingdom, putting the lives of innocent civilians at risk. And we will not tolerate such a brazen attempt to murder innocent civilians on our soil. Now, there's still a lot of question marks in that case. Not answered. Britain has expelled their Russian diplomats, and Russia is now threatening to expel the British diplomats, and they're having a, what I like to call, back-and-forth pissing contest over something that is very severe. Um, very severe, very odd, and very out of the blue, especially because uh, the United States is now... We are now, in fact... Uh, implementing sanctions against 19 Russians for election meddling. 13 which were indicted by Mueller and his investigative team. And you know what's funny in all this too? All this tr- all, all this Russia talk. The Russia, 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 Russia. It is serious. Especially a nerve agent gas attack in, in, in the UK which might have been spawned by some force out of Russia. You have Vladimir Putin going on television being interviewed about it and asked, what, who could have meddled with the U.S. elections? He goes, hey, it might have been somebody in Russia. They might have had a Russian IP address. Maybe it was the Jews. I don't know. That's And he that, that's legit. That's a legit practical quote from his interview. He said it was he could have been a Jew in Russia. You know, it could have been those Jews. They kind of get their hands in everything, don't they? <laughs> All that craziness, and to think Trump tried to fire Mueller back in January. A lot of people don't even remember remember that. And he backed off when White House counsel threatened to quit. Which, it doesn't matter. People leave the Trump administration all the time now. Or they just get fired. I mean, you know, it's either they leave or they get fired. That that That's the revolving door of the Trump administration. He has people that haven't even been appointed yet in this cabinet. And it's been over a year. And he was quoted saying recently that he's just finally getting his cabinet together, the cabinet that he wanted, because I guess he couldn't get them originally in the beginning. I don't I don't know. I don't understand that. But uh, the reports now are that Trump is getting ready to axe H.R. McMaster. He's considering deciding to remove H.R. McMaster as his national security advisor, which, mind you, um, H.R. McMaster's also saying, also calling for serious political and economic consequences for Russia. And I think anybody with a brain in their head would probably be sitting back and saying, there's a lot of stuff of Russia going on, and and it, uh, the, the commonality, the common theme, seems to be Russia. It's not the case in every firing or walkout from the Trump administration. I mean, Spicer probably quit because he, he was just losing his mind going in front of the press every day trying to joke things off. I would lose my mind too. I mean, you know, shoot. 
trying to keep things straight is hard enough. So that's the madness that's happening. Now, something else that happened, big libertarian issue that's been happening over the course of social media. It's a conservative and, and libertarian issue. Uh, over social, social media over the past couple of weeks, uh, Austin Peterson, uh, uh, former presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party, now Republican candidate for Missouri Senate against Claire McCaskill. Of course, I talked in depth, I believe, last week about how he was canned, suspended from Facebook for his AR-15 raffle, in which he didn't even show an AR-15. He showed, he showed, he showed, he showed, he showed a drawn picture of an AR-15, which I'm still convinced is what the raffle is for, uh, the picture of the AR-15, not an actual AR-15. Well, Austin got freed from Facebook prison. Uh, thanks to speaking out about it constantly and getting a bunch of us on Facebook's case. And just the other day, Stephen Crowder and many of Stephen Crowder's um, staff at Louder with Crowder were suspended on Twitter, albeit briefly suspended on Twitter because of their policy. Allow me to explain real quick. Now, Twitter had sent Steven Crowder and several of his staff and paneling uh, suspension notices for violating their rules against hateful content, which states you may not promote violence against, threaten, or harass other people on the basis of race, ethnicity, origin, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, religious affiliation, age, disability, or serious disease. And his video was new mega video, a hidden cam, intern crashes, LGBTQ, hashtag SXSW meetup, louder with Crowder mug club. Suspending the account, the accounts in question came for 12 hours. Um, the video itself was a parody comedy thing. And. And uh, they believe that uh, it was undeserved for him for just being a little, you know, edgy on the comedy. He got uh, he got canned. He got canned for a little bit. Uh, his his producer, not gay Jared, got uh, got canned for a little bit, and then we all responded on Twitter in kind, posting the Change My Mind and a, a bunch of other things. So, it, needless to say, he got censored too, and the argument that pops up with the libertarian and conservative things, you know, people say, oh, oh the social media is uh, censoring conservatives. Uh, Facebook is censoring conservatives, and Twitter is censoring conservatives, and some of that, uh, that might be true. And the libertarian approach is that it's they're they're private companies that you can freely use. You're not paying money to use Twitter or Facebook, so but they're private companies. They establish their own rules. They establish their own policies, and and nobody's arguing against that. What people are arguing against, when it comes to it, especially in Austin Peterson's case and this case, uh, is that the the terms and the violations tend to fall. On the conservative side, not on the liberal side, uh, not on the progressives side, and the arguments come in being fair when doling out punishments like that. 
there is the argument that as long as it's not straight up threatening and straight up harassment, maybe don't ban or suspend or do any of that business. But the libertarian argument would be, ah, those companies have the right to do what they want to do. Nobody can tell them what to do. And then there's my argument of, if it's justified, it's justified, and the company has the right, reserves the right to do it, but everybody has the right to read their policies and interpret them as they see fit, and everybody has the right to say that they're being biased towards one side or another if they have the evidence providing it. You know what I'm talking about? So, that's just some of the topics that have been happening this last week. I am going to cut it off here, um, because that was that was a lot to get through. It was a lot to, to, to sift through this week and, and every week. Uh, one of the podcasts I listen to, John Ziegler, uh, the, world, the World According to Zig at freespeechbroadcasting.com. I would highly encourage you to go listen to that. He's been silent for a couple of months due to technical errors and difficulties, but he came back today, uh, or he came back just yesterday or the other day and produced uh, three hours' worth of content to cover about a month's worth of being off the air. And it's just, he has a point when he says, maybe it's the Trump, maybe it is Trump. Maybe it is the Trumpian world. But it seems like one week of news is actually what, in under any other normal circumstance, would be a whole month or two worth of news. And it's so hard to stay on top and, and sift through everything. It really is. So guys, thanks for listening. I hope I gave you some different perspective today. I love you all. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at FritzQS. On Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash TheFritzCast. And the blog is FritzCast.wordpress.com. I have plans in the making for, um, for something special coming up in the next... I'm hoping in the next month or two. I want, something, I want, I want to do something special. I'm going to be lax on the details right now. I'm just throwing it out there and giving you a little, you know, give, giving you a little bait. That's all. Um, so that's it, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week coming up. And I, even though I'm working 8 to 4 next week, I will still get home in time to sit down and hammer out another episode of FritzCast. So I'll see you next week. <laughs>